Hey everybody, welcome back to the Memory Machine. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's been a time. It's been a long absence for all of us. That's right. I uh, have been on a self-imposed paternity leave. Uh, we had a little baby girl. Self-imposed from a self-imposed pregnancy. That's right. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, our little sweet, sweet little girl, uh, Vivian Germain. Yeah. Uh, she's got red hair. She's adorable. And... Little Mary Jane in the making. That's right. She's. <laughs> She smiles a lot, and she has dimples, and um, let's see, she poops a lot, and she seems to be really. She's gonna put. She's gonna. She's gonna grow fast in terms of uh, in terms of maturity. She's she's get like you said. She already. She wants to do more than she's able to do right now. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that she's very frustrated by the limitations of babyhood. She's just <laughs> like, she just wants to move on. She just wants to move. She just wants to be like, I mean, that's all sort of like quasi-spiritual parenting, I guess. Like, like <laughs> you infer more on your child than might actually be happening, but I don't know. I feel I mean, it, she's. I feel it in my bones. She's yours and Kate's uh, daughter, so. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, especially if she, take, you know, she takes after Kate. Kate is... Uh, Kate's on top of things, you know. That's right. Yeah. She's all go go go. So this is a, uh, yeah. so this is a pop culture podcast. Oh yes. So this <laughs> is uh, the. Sorry, we really meandered. I'll probably cut, I'll probably cut a good chunk of that just for. Uh, Me and Nate also haven't seen each other in like a month yeah, or two. So. so I have to apologize if we're rambling a little bit. It's it's, it's a giant it's, bomb it's, it's over. Part, right. It's part catching up, part recording a podcast. Uh, you know, we really should have gone out for a beer before this, but. Yeah. Hey, we're both busy people, so yeah, yeah. you're going to get what you're going to get. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, this is The Memory Machine, a historical, pop-cultural, anecdotal podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't think I said that in the right order, but it doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, I've, I've covered, we've covered uh, a lot of different topics on this podcast, mm-hmm. ranging from the topic of today, video games, to yeah. old movies, old television um, sports jingles, sports, sports stuff. That's right. That's right. I, I've been getting back into that mode lately. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun listening to some Cleveland Brown songs. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yep. That was a fun one. That was a really fun episode. Uh, I, we had yes. Josiah here for that. That's right. It was great. He was supposed to be here for this, but uh, he had Sabres tickets. For, Speaking of sports, for, for some reason he wanted to go see that team. That for team. Some reason. <laughs> uh, don't know why. They're not good. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so so today's no, normally we would do um, the, uh, the 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 um, weekend geek. Weekend geek still, is that still yeah. the name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but between you and me, listener, I am trying yes. to stockpile. Oh yeah, okay, you're there. Good. I I'm trying That's to uh, stockpile some recordings before I officially come out of um, come come out of my sabbatical. Oh, so yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a lot, and. And so I just want to make sure I had I had a good backlog going into it, so I could give myself some some breathing room. Uh, so we don't know what yes. day this is actually going to go. Yeah, up, which I'm is not why really we sure. can't do. I'm hoping it'll come out in September. Uh, Let's just say we'll see if that actually happens. This year is the 40th anniversary yeah. of the Sony Walkman. The TPSL2 mm. Star Lords yes. model. So let's just say close enough. Yes, Pro- we're probably within a few months of when that came out. That that probably is true. Man, the Walkman that was a big deal. Um, I could go into that, but uh, I didn't prepare much for that. That so could be a not. topic for another <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll have it for another episode. You know, maybe that would be a good one for December. Anyways, yeah. Um, so but today's we, topic, though. Yes, you said video games, but. Sp- more specifically, yes. the marketing world surrounding video games. Yes, to yes. make it even more pop cultural. <laughs> even uh, more niche. I asked uh, our good 
dear friend and co-host here, Seth Zielinski, to curate a list of video game commercials from the 90s. It's the time when we grew up, you know, I would say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was kind of most started to become like aware of media, like when I was like three or four, it was what, like 1990, 1991? Yeah. And um, that's very formative years, those yeah. 10 years of 90 to 99. Yeah, so... Um there are kind of several uh, kind of periods. I, I, I associate like very – I'm an, an extremely nostalgic person, and I place a lot of nostalgia in mm-hmm. pop culture and in stuff like commercials. And um, there's several eras that I really um, really have a deep affinity for. Um, uh, I, I actually remember more of the kind of video game advertisement commercial stuff that I was seeing in kind of the mid to late nineties. Yes, but as do yeah, I. Like like you said, we started to develop. You know, we were born in eighty seven. Started to develop an awareness in kind of the early nineties, which is uh, what we're kind of focusing on today. Like maybe a little into late eighties, but mostly early nineties, kind of Nintendo Super Nintendo Genesis kind of era. So, which which I, I think it's really cool that, that they were doing it from from that part during the early '90s because you do get to see as you go throughout the '80s because it wasn't just 1989 happened and then 1990 boom everything's Nirvana and grunge and extreme. Mm-hmm. No, it, that's a transition that happens slowly. Oh yeah, and you see that in these commercials where you go from something very happy the way Nintendo was in like early, early nineties with like say the NES or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you go into that from, uh, and then from there you kind of go, you see, see the inklings of the nineties start to creep through with the Genesis Mm -hmm. and like kind of their attitude and like, Oh, Mario doesn't have this or, and eventually we're going to get does. And you know, another day we'll cover commercials from the late nineties and we will have gone full. We're going to have, we're gonna have the grunge. We're gonna have the edge. We're gonna have that little that little guy in the red suit that advertised the Gamecom. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll get there at some point. Some, oh, some, the game! I, we always call it game.com. I, I had one. Yeah, I called it a Gamecom. I don't know what the right, yeah. right, right. It, it, that the commercial said Gamecom. Okay, but we called it game.com. Oh, okay, I don't know, but it uh, had that little plan in it. Yeah, but right. there's a yeah so. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot to talk about in the '90s, but uh, yeah, me and Nate figured the the mid to late '90s is a really distinct thing that's kind of separate from what we're doing today. Yeah, and like you said, the early '90s is like still kind of '80s influenced, and uh, and I'd uh, also love to maybe another time. You know, the early to mid '80s is an entirely distinct uh, period mm. for uh, video game advertising as well, yeah. but. So many of these eras. Yeah, the '80s is interesting. Yeah, in, in video game, I like those a lot of those commercials. Yes, they have very catchy jingles, and especially Atari. And they were, and they were and very they, catchy, and jingles. they were really big productions. You know? Yes, uh, and but a all fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and what, like what, the, what's that one? The the uh, um, force field. The guy who's just like sitting there in an office chair. And he's like oh, painting yeah. the Atari picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. inventing Yar's revenge and asteroid. A fly. A mutant fly. That's hello, it. Hello, Yar. Hello, Yar. Yeah. <laughs> get him. Get him. Uh, yeah. So that's that's an entirely separate thing. Although, like in all these eras, video a lot of video game advertisements, uh, they're distinct, but they share a lot of similar elements. I really, besides just being such a a great uh, nostalgia thing, uh, video game commercials have this great kind of. Um, there, there's creativity in a lot of them. There's always kind of like this irreverency um where mm. they kind of are you know because they're it's it's like a new 
medium. It's like a new entertainment and art form, and they're kind of uh it, it's an emerging thing there's a younger audience and there's just a lot of clever like irreverent out there sometimes edgy ideas that they do through these commercials that are uh that are present in like the the atari stuff and they're present in the stuff in the like the late 90s and beyond and it's uh it's just a, uh, something i love to uh revisit and uh yeah it's just what better what better time capsule can you get than just the the stuff that was just in the ether the the television ether when you were growing up uh, yes. For me, it's just, uh, yeah. Now, at the risk of spoiling some of these future commercials, uh, what was, what, what are some of your earliest memories of being, uh, of seeing a commercial like on TV for a video game and you're, it, it got you really excited about it? Do you, do you remember? Hmm. It, uh, it was probably, um, I don't have a lot of distinct memories of seeing, like Super Nintendo stuff, even though that was the first system I really heavily played, like that in Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I have really distinct memories of uh, PlayStation One stuff. That was really my mm. my formative. That was like, again, I had gamed for years before that, but that was really when I was starting to have a more comprehensive awareness of of uh, you know w- what was out there and w- and what I liked, and just kind of developing my tastes and sensibilities. So. For me, it was it was it was definitely once we got more nineteen ninety seven nineteen ninety eight into mm-hmm. the into those uh, glory years of the PS one that was uh, which is a a topic for another episode. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head. But that was yeah, for me. What about you though? Um, I, I I probably I don't remember it as it first aired, but uh, we had growing up a VHS tape of. Of Christmas specials that we taped off of television mm-hmm. in the very early 90s. Probably 91. Yeah, it was 91. Okay. And uh, so we watched those every Christmas for years. Uh, but we had record... We kept all the commercials on that tape. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't, mm-hmm. My parents just didn't care about cutting through commercials at all. It yeah. never really bothered them. Um, so... But uh, they had one on there for the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo launch commercial was on there. Uh, well, not launch because it was what August in '91. Is that when it came out? But anyway, it was around that time. Which one was and, that? What was going on in that commercial? Um, it's like they're in a warehouse and there's TVs around, and Paul Rudd is in it. And, oh, okay, all right, and, uh, that, that may make an appearance. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But and it's like F Zero, Super Mario World, and Pilot Wings, and it's just yeah. those three games. You know, early '90s had there was a big theme of of a single person playing games in front of a giant screen. The Power Glove commercial which yes. i don't which i don't have on here that had the same that, that was thing. 80s wasn't it or was that 90s that was that was 80s okay yeah. you think the wizard oh yeah because the wizard came out yeah, in yeah, yeah so but yeah the, uh, that super nintendo commercial really burned into my brain yeah. especially as i watched it like when i was five so yeah which would have been like 92 93 but it still like made me really want a super nintendo yeah and i and i loved mario you mm-hmm. know I, I watched the dang cartoon show all the time i had like mario coloring books and mm-hmm. a mario doll with a hat that we lost immediately <laughs> and uh yeah you know the first yeah i actually the one of the one of my very earliest memories from life was the uh the Super Mario Brothers three Happy Meals, just like oh, yeah. going to McDonald's and getting those and, yeah. and those toys being around, and there was probably a, a commercial that uh, that I remember from there as well. Um, there definitely was one, yeah, but that was more like fo- that was when I was like three years old, so it was really foggy at that point. Yeah. But 
But anywho, we're going to go through. So, yeah, I have a little list here. It's not necessarily like the be-all, end-all early 90s. There's, there's like, some notable class, some of the stuff you'd expect, some of, like, the Nintendo versus Sega stuff. But there's uh, there's some, some you know, some, some oddities, just some some random stuff so we're just gonna you know things that are either weird or funny or otherwise notable so we're just gonna go through and give a little running commentary and we will stop here and there and just oh, yeah. ride along with us a big old and listening party you know folks. it'd be a good Join idea for the ride. whenever no, this goes up uh-huh. if anyone weren't inclined to watch this along with us we could <gasps> just be a public playlist because oh, this is idea. just a youtube playlist we're doing yeah so that's a good idea maybe I'll, we'll maybe I'll, we'll do that i'll link that all right on, on twitter facebook wherever i post this so Okay. Yeah, right. sounds great. Are you ready to get underway? Oh, man. All right. I'm so excited. I'm hitting play in three and two and one. So. Some people will do anything to so, their favorite video games. Yeah, of course, just immediately, if you're talking video games in the early 90s, you're not going to be able to escape the the plastic plague of the the tiger handheld video games they existed for like every video game out there there are ports of everything and these will be peppered throughout the list <laughs> these are gonna be oh these are gonna yeah jordan versus bird marble madness with a trackball controller it probably was terrible yeah let's let's pause for a man oh man that those tiger games did you have any of those oh yeah of course yeah i did too did you did you play them regularly Eh, it was it was once in a while I, I would play it for like ten minutes. Okay. Because they weren't, you know, I had Game Boy, I had the like okay. real system, so it's not like, you know, I did for, not. <laughs> so oh, okay. So, so I, I had Sonic Two, and Sonic Spinball Tiger uh, Electronic games. Oh. And um, and and like we would go to like West Virginia to go visit family. Like I would, I, we would play those all. Like for the, like half the car trip, me and my brother would. Yeah, we would just kind of trade them back and forth. Okay, so we kept playing them, burn through batteries, you know. Yeah, and and we would even play them. God, I can't believe our parents let us do this. We played them with the sound on, which <laughs> the, uh, awful. Like it's just this awful beeping noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll put in like a little clip of like the Sonic Two one because I can hear it right now in my head. Like yeah. I, I can hear all of it. Well, see, I don't remember um, all the Tiger commercials I put in here, but uh, yeah. there are more because oh, it's geez. just that's what it was. You would be, you would just be walking along in Toys R Us, you'd be, you'd be tripping over the damn thing. So it's uh, the, it's just an essential part of of gaming life in the early nineties. And you can't go back there; they, they aren't fun. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's not. Um, it, it's it's very much a relic. Yeah, the only LCD games like that that I would imagine wanting to visit uh, out of uh, you know curiosity or importance would be like this Nintendo Game and Watch stuff. Yeah, yeah, and even that, like just play the collections on Game Boy because yeah. those are those are more fun. Yeah, those are more yeah. fun. If if you're looking to entertain yourself, yeah. I mean, if you're like an obsessive archivist, uh, mm-hmm. like somewhat like myself, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of the people who I, whom I admire, mm-hmm. um, you know, that stuff is important, but yeah, tiger, tiger handheld games are, uh, and I haven't played them cool in, to display though. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Cool uh, and, to display. and I haven't played them in a long time. I have to imagine they were not built to last and you know, yeah. some, some of like the consoles that were around in the, the earlier mid nineties, certain components start to wear and they're, they're yes. difficult to get working. And, and, you know, in 2019, 
I can't imagine those Tiger games held up very well, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, 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 all right. Here we go. All we're right. Two seconds into the Sega Genesis Blast processing commercial, oh, and we're hitting play. And this is a so this is one of the classic do? commercials. You know, it was yeah. the the Blast processing term. It was slamming Nintendo. Genesis bringing the edge to the '90s. Yeah, boy, and this is all extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the guitar. Oh, like a Nintendo. Look at oh. that crap. Pokey old Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to the next welcome level. Welcome to the next level. That was... Yeah. Oh, there's a Sega Scream. Oh, here's an oh, ad for a Oh, this is my favorite Nectar mattress wow, ad from the early 90s. I love it. And we're skipping. All right. Press pause. There. Oh, whoops. There's immediately another yeah. Tiger ad. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, man, yeah, the Blast Pro... I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably already know about, like, the the whole gist of the console wars, you know, I mean, it was a big, were you a super Nintendo kid or were you a Genesis kid? Like that was, yeah. that was a big deal. And, and it meant a lot more back then it does today because, uh, you know, you hear the term thrown around a lot, cons- console exclusive. Mm-hmm. Well, practically every game back then was a console exclusive. Mm-hmm. There were very few, um, platform agnostic titles yeah you know and the ones that were that there might be really distinct uh differences yes. between the two if it's like adventures of batman and robin which is like really an entirely different game whether you get yeah. for nintendo or, or genesis and uh and yeah and some it's or just, like totally different aladdin games the aladdin games are 100 yeah. different the super nintendo one is far better yeah um, and you have like censorship things with mortal yes, Kombat, and it's just yeah. uh it was a different world but it was just uh you know, and if, it was if, also much more unlikely for you to own both consoles, less so than it would be today. I think. Yeah. Today, it might be more likely that you might, uh, even even children, it might be more likely to have one or two consoles instead mm-hmm. of just. Whereas back then, it was like, no, you're getting most parents. Most parents were like, no, you're going to get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think we all knew that one spoiled kid who had both. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. if you are cu- if you're curious about the uh, about the uh, Nintendo versus Sega console wars, please read the book Console Wars oh, that's a by good one. Blake Harris. It's a it's fantastic. I've still been I've been continually making my way through it, but it's a wonderful uh, a fun read that just documents the the industry side of how the video game industry was operating during that brewing conflict between Mario and Sonic. It's uh, it's great. It's fascinating, especially if you're a, yeah. if you're a gamer if you love the if you love the the form and if you like podcasts like this one they also have it on an audiobook form so mm. if you uh, you probably find it on your like if you have a local library app you might be able to find it on that there you go so yeah it's good. all right here we go yep and the tiger ads oh it, oh and they come oh this is a little bit later 90s sonic 3d blast oh jeez sick and mad Oh my god. That's what I'm in. Next time I'm in, I'm in a situation that I don't want to be in. I'm just going to yell tiger attack at the top of my lungs. So, what's your next tiger attack? Sonic 3D Blast. Get a headache from the excessive use of wide angle lens. Tiger attack. Oh my gosh. It is the the wide angle There's a lot of wide angle fisheye business happening. Yeah, that was that like that was so on vogue at yeah, the time there was yeah it was that it was sort of like there, there's still sort of that like screw your parents mentality that you see a yeah. lot in the 90s which you do not see at all today that is gone <laughs> yeah but but uh 
in the early 90s, it was like, your parents don't understand you, but Nintendo does. <laughs> or Sega, I guess, on that. Uh, more, more Sega. Or Tiger, Or Tiger, I guess. whichever, yeah. Um, That's more of a Tiger but thing. But she yeah. was, I mean, and, and it's just those dinky little LCD screen, like, <laughs> games that they're really trying to hype up for you. And uh, it just can't be done. Those games, are yeah. Not that good. I mean, there's some of the you know some of the ones we'll see like Sonic Three Blast and some other stuff that are like you know ports of very large ambitious games that yeah it's uh, you know it's, it's uh, some LCD games they're they're simple and and they work but uh, like the Game and Watch stuff but the and Tiger I've, stuff no. And of course they had another example. I, I think I heard that anyway. Another example of the guitar slide, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna hear like twenty of these tonight. Like, tw- <laughs> like just as it goes to go extreme. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh god. The fret drops, my friends. All oh, right. Boy. And All we right. move on. This okay. is kinda kinda weird Street Fighter Two commercial. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing It's uh, notable for you at the very end of this, can you identify the noise at the very end of this. It's kind of coming up very soon. Uh-huh. Oh, is, it's Frankenstein. What, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. It, it was, it's just yeah. like a weird... The, the commercial is just weird. It's a mishmash of, like, public domain stuff. Like, but what, that what, sound what, isn't public domain. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I but, and, but it's like... Yeah. And it's like a... Uh, I don't know what if that's, like... Um, if that's a, if that's like a, uh, what what dinosaur was snarling? Was it's from that, the Lost World. Was it from the Lost yeah. World? Yeah. Yeah, lots of clips of, um, like you saw a clip from White Zombie in there. Yeah, White Zombie. Um, there are a couple other silent horror, silent crime film stuff. Yeah. And then like, did I did I see the Hindenburg, or was that not in that one? I, I feel like the I, that Hindenburg. The, you will see the Hindenburg footage in '90s video game commercials. A a like a a highly publicized <laughs> tragedy. Its footage is used to sell you freaking Mortal How Kombat. How else are you gonna? T- like, t- clearly, our system brings down the house, my friends. <laughs> and hey, it'll blow up your dirigible. <laughs> yeah, only for Genesis. Ugh. Anyway, I wanted to. Yeah, I assumed you'd be able to easily guess that, but I wanted to throw oh, it in there mainly just gravy. for that one little snarl. But speaking of horror icons, speaking of White Zombie, yeah. you're, you're dragging back right to the beginning there. Yeah, we're going to get to the beginning of this next one, and um, we have kind of a a Bella Lugosi impersonator come in here. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> it's your, it's the Count from uh, Sesame Street, yeah. kind of Bella Lugosi. Imper- it's just, yeah. Konami. Oh. And, uh, and, okay, Palace. and now this one. What is this? I don't know what Mendel Palace is, but now this is like, this guy's doing like a Vincent Price. Oh. Is this Quinty? Quinty. This is Quinty. Is that like a is that like a baby version of Quint from Jaws? No, uh, this game didn't oh, come pause. out in the states. Okay, we pause that. Um, yeah, the, no, I, I don't think that game came out in the states. Quinty uh, was one of the very, uh, or I guess Mendel Palace, as it, as it says that this is, um, was uh, an early game by Game Freak, otherwise known for Pokemon. It was one of their oh, earliest games. Wow, uh, Quinty. Okay. Um, it's a little tile game. You run around and you flip over tiles to uh, kill enemies and all that. Mm. Uh, it does not have that motif in the Japanese version. <laughs> yeah, some of, the, uh, they, some they of go these like might a whole be, medieval thing going on there. Some of these commercials might be international. It might not be. Yeah, because I, I, I wonder North American because it might have been released in the in the EU at the time. Mm. Um, 
you never because they sometimes got some games that we didn't get in the states. Like they got Devil World uh, in the EU that we never got here. Mm. Yeah. Um, Devil World, by the way, is a uh, it's a weird Pac-Man clone made by Shigeru Miyamoto. Oh. <laughs> uh, like around the same time that he made Super Mario Brothers. Um. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that's weird. But okay. but um. There you go. Castlevania, is, Castlevania: The Adventure uh, for Game Boy. That's uh, that's not not a not a great game. Yeah, uh, it, it's sluggish from mm. from what I remember of it. Yeah. It's been a while since I played it, but but a little just uh, a slew of horror references in, in yeah, a row there. Yeah. And uh, we're moving on. Nintendo, yes, yes, yes. Yes, thank you. Vince. All right. You can't get more '90s than what we're looking at right here. It almost seems like a modern parody of the '90s. It does. We're gonna take a look at Battletoads. Rocky. That it is. I mean, they got psycho pigs and turbo thwacking. Oh man. And with kick fighting, surfing, babe shaving, how can you go wrong? I'm sorry, I'm not saying a lot. I'm just sort of yeah. Th- that I, that I, one, I'm, that w- I'm a gog. That that, <laughs> that one's an, that one's quite the thing to take in. It's it's like this whole fake review show, and it's uh. And of course, you heard I I heard two guitar slides in there. <laughs> two. Yeah, I don't think I I think we've peaked early in in terms of how signature '90s we can get. Uh, it has everything. It it's, has, it's not gonna. Yeah, it has Memphis designs all over it. You, mm-hmm. you know, Memphis designs. It's sort of like the, that that thing where like everything looks like it's like boomerangs and like zigzags, and zigzags and, and okay. stuff. Uh, it's it's it's, it's like some it's Zubas vom- exploded. It's 90s vomit. And, it's, yeah, uh, the kids have the '90sest haircuts. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, they have a like a, a a Bill and Ted like vest over uh, vest over a t shirt thing, which will come up again. Don't wide worry. angle lenses, <laughs> zooming in and out. Whoa, that, crazy! The, and just the the whack to the curb in oh. like again, like it could have been made today. That could have been like a spoof commercial, but it that was a real a bad. That was a real Battletoads commercial. That's wild because sometimes like. You know, you know, you think like this happens a lot with '80s things. Like you go back to um, one example that Drew Burke always likes to bring up is with Kung Fury. He says it's sort mm-hmm. of like a '80s uh, spoof thing, but it, but it's like way more over the top than any '80s action movie actually ever was. It's like our memory you know? of the '80s. Right. Like, it lives up to that as opposed to what it was actually. Right. Was. But this. Like, if you were to make a Kung Fury of 90s video game commercials, it would just be that. <laughs> but that already exists, and it's here. That's... Oh, brought man. to you by the memory machine, ladies and gentlemen. Man, man, man. That's uh, I should all I for should, Battletoads, which we didn't even talk should, about Battletoads. <laughs> I should I should have had that later in the list, I think. Oh, I didn't realize word. How, yeah. I didn't realize how much of a toll it would take on us. <laughs> That's, uh... Yeah, but Battletoads... Um, Dan Liggett really likes that game. <laughs> Former uh, pre- previous mm-hmm. guest, Dan Liggett. Bet he does. I yeah. remember him because uh, we downloaded emulators in our college days. And yeah. For, mainly to play uh, Tecmo Super Bowl with each other. Yeah. Um, but he uh, played Battletoads and he did save states and everything. Mm. And he still couldn't beat it. Like, <laughs> that is how hard Battletoads is. is yeah. Was he playing with a keyboard, though? Those, yes, he was. Those IBM Houghton laptops? Yes, those yeah, I, yeah, that probably wasn't ThinkPad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the thick pads. Yes, yeah, uh, that's what he's playing with. All right, we are resuming and we're kicking off right at the beginning of Fester's Quest. Oh, more Halloweeny things. Sounds soft. Mm-hmm. 
So, this is basically a commercial just to to warn you about how unforgiving it is. That's good. Like, like it. It's like acknowledging the really annoying things about the game, that if you die, you start all over from the beginning. It's weird to hear that kind of a thing. Yeah. That's what, like, uh, that's like, uh, pausing. Uh, oh, whoop. Well... Oh, there scared. you go. Well, um, we'll fix it. Fix it in post. We'll do it live. We'll do oh, it live. Goodness gracious. Fucking um, thing sucks. There you go. <laughs> All right. There you From go. The you beginning got of the next one. Yeah. So, it. I mean, like, you know, I think of the, the Angry Nerd review of Fester's Quest. It's just like a, a commercial that just comes right out with it. This is a really tough game. If you screw up once, you're going all the way back to the beginning. It's a weird thing to hear in a commercial. Yeah. It's like it's openly just addressing it for uh, for everyone just to get out in front of it. That this game is like deliberately frustrating. Yeah. There's a very interesting episode of the Retronauts podcast where they uh, – it was around a Halloween time years ago. They did a whole episode on Fester's Quest. Mm. And because it has a very interesting development story and that it was supposed to be a little bit easier. Um, I don't know why it was released that way. I can't I can't for the life of me remember if it was According a to, bug or if it was... What, what was acor- it? I, I think... Uh, I mean, it was just on, in the AVGN episode. Was it in is, that too? Which is okay. just, yeah. I mean, just he, he said that about how... Um, uh, for like the 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 weapons, you have to keep uh, jamming on the button in order to keep in firing them, and it was like a gimmick to make you buy a turbo controller, which is just something he said in the thing. Yeah, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but you know, who knows? Could be, maybe could be. <laughs> uh, I I think they I think they talked about it more than that, like because part of it too was was the rental market and yeah. wanting to beat. Uh, because what kids would do, you know, they were really worried that kids would just go to Blockbuster, play a game for a weekend, and then beat it, and then they would never actually buy the game. Yeah. And this was sort of in a, there was a, a real rush to create games that were so hard that you couldn't beat them in one rental. Oh, interesting. It's like the arcade mentality. Yeah. 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 Kind of like carried that. over into the console market. Yeah. Huh. And uh, and I know that probably had something to do with it, from what I can remember. But yeah, uh, but yeah, go listen to that episode of Retronauts. It's uh, it's very fascinating. They also talk about like a lot of the really good things about the game mm-hmm. that are unfortunately hampered by an unnecessary level of difficulty. Yeah. But all uh, right, yeah. and we're kicking it off with Game Genie. Yes. Yo, game dudes, talk to so, me. So here Bill we Ted are again. Game. Like, yeah, like, guess what movie must have just come out? Yes. So this is an extension, oh. really, of the Battletoads thing. And, and, and the but. game, and the game they have on here is Big Nose Freaks Out <laughs> because <laughs> and, and Dizzy. <laughs> Oh. You, you want to jump higher that. and dizzy, my friends? And there's a reason for that. Because Game Genie was made by Comerica, and those are Comerica games. Uh, or Codemasters, yeah. as you'll see. And in case you wanted a Game Genie commercial... Yeah, sorry. Oh, you have another one going in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is another yeah. Game Genie commercial with the same Bill and Ted thing, but with two completely different people doing the same thing. Yeah. They were so like... So they like recasted the fake Bill and Ted. And I wonder if they'll have the Comerica games on it. Yeah. Nope. Not yet. There's a guitar slide. 
Oh, this is updated for... And that kid with the long hair is clearly trying to do the Keanu thing. He's doing the Keanu, yeah. like, the move that kind of... Oh, well, it's oh, just boy. advertising. Um, but, uh, yeah, Game Genie. What a game What a game changer that See, was. that that's another thing that I didn't really... Uh, I didn't use Game Genie. I used Game Shark and other similar things on PS1. That was, like, yeah. that was more formative for me, and that was when I started uh, experiencing that kind of a thing. But they... I, uh, they had a Game Shark for N64 too, but I remember at that point though that a lot of games had like I don't know if they had, I don't know if this was true for PS1. This was definitely true for an N64, where games would like program like sort of detection so that way it knew if you were cheating or not. Uh, a lot of N64 games did that. Donkey Kong's uh, Diddy Kong Racing for N64 like knew if you had a Game Shark plugged in. Not it would be I like, oh, recall. you're cheating. Oh, I don't um, think so. Yeah. But, uh, but man, Game Genie was so cool. I remember going over to uh, my Nana's house in, in, in Vienna, West Virginia, <laughs> and uh, my uncle brought over his Nintendo with the, with the Game Genie, and he plugged mm. in. He's like, check it out. <laughs> Infinite lives for Super Mario Bros. 3, and I can make Mario jump as high as I want. And I'm just <laughs> like being blown away by the concept. I, uh, yeah, in terms of that type of thing, um, Game Shark, I remember playing around with it a lot in, with, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, it was, it was, you could do things that were, I mean, it was like hacking into the game and screwing with Mm -hmm. physics and doing that in an open world thing like Grand Theft Auto was really, it was, uh, just to be able to, yeah, like jump and float and fly and do all kinds of, and spawn anything you wanted, it's, yeah. Yeah, but I just didn't get into it quite that early. How did that work with Game... Did you just put in codes? Was it putting in codes with Game Shark? Is that how that worked? Yeah. Um, I I had Game Shark, and then I also had... When I started... uh, When my older brother started getting us bootleg PS1 games, there was a way to to load those, and you used a Game Shark-like thing. It wasn't Game Shark. It was some Uh, some thing he ordered, like, online somewhere. Cool. But... uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Your yeah, it was the sounds same real thing. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, uh, Josh, so, if you're listening, Josh Zelensky, <laughs> thanks for the bootleg. I still have all those bootleg games. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I we got like, and we got like uh, some like stuff unreleased. You know, like Thrill Kill, that game that was oh, never released. Oh yeah, I, I got. I actually played that because he got it on bootleg. You know, wow, for like five bucks. Wowie. Yeah. Man. All right, so we have a an ad to get through here. Did okay. you see the latest Nintendo oh, here we go. So this nice. is another. Like this is eighties. Well known one. Yeah. This is technically eighties. You know, it's the first Legend of Zelda. Yeah. I just don't quite get what's going on in this commercial. Like, yeah. there's a nerd and a, like a kind of a jock, and there's like a beatbox thing that occurs, and I just don't know quite know what they were going for here. Huh. I know it's white people making fun of rap. I know it's That's well known tough. and all. I just I don't know. I don't yeah. get this one. Yeah, uh, I don't. Nintendo's advertising was really weird, especially for some reason. They were transfixed with the idea of pairing Zelda with a rap because it's happened yeah. more than once. Oh yeah, there uh-huh. was. Uh, there's this one. There's a uh, down with Zelda. Zelda from the very start, and, and then and there's the, the uh, and then there's the the, 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 J- the Japan one, right. which is like a whole dance, which is more hip hop than explicitly rap. Yeah, it, which is way cooler. <laughs> I mean, I guess that was just. I don't know. Well, it I mean, I, mean ja- in... I feel like Japanese commercials. I don't know what it is about Japanese advertising, but. I feel like they feel more free to just kind of play around with the 
concept of television itself to advertise yeah. anything. No, really. They, uh, yeah, they're. I remember. Um, yeah, seeing like uh, like Metal Gear Solid Two, and that was coming. I saw the Japanese commercial, and it was just like this this kid sitting in a blank room just saying something to the camera. And then there was like three seconds of a, a clip from Metal Gear Solid Two, and that was it. And like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's a, a, a lot more um, experimental. Yeah, or, it is. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why they, they thought... There's another Zelda commercial, too, from that era, where it's a guy just doing the sounds of all the monsters that you see in the game. Oh. And he's like, this oh. is Octorox, or something like that. Don't don't you worry, Nick. Oh, okay. We'll get, all right. We'll get there. It's very bad. <laughs> I got a couple of things to say about that one. Okay, so this, oh, this is... Oh, um, yeah. So this is a, you know, you might know about this one. That's, yes. Uh, taking a moment to load. Yes, okay, do. here we go. So this is an early. This is a this is a UK commercial. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like really bizarrely unnerving. Yeah. All these like okay, early kind of like. Dog. That's one of the things from uh. Gyromite. Sta- Gyromite yeah. yeah. A really weird looking lucky too. Yeah. And, and uh, creepy looking Bowser. So, this is a well known, like, creepy ad. Yeah. Do you have something to say here? Uh, no, I was just noticing again it's, it's advertising to you the fact that, like, it's really tough. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. Well, with this, You're it be a feels real gamer if you can beat these games. I mean, it's it's in this, and it makes a little more sense. It's like a challenge. It's like, yeah, I dare you to try. But in with Festus Quest, it's like uh, it just feels like it's something they felt like they had to say. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. This it, is it, like, it, even though this is like real, there's like, a we're, lot we're, about this I don't understand. Yeah, but. The, the the way the challenge is presented makes more sense here. So th- that one is is you know somewhat well known, but there's actually a, a Sega w- a, a commercial that's actually really similar, kind of like 3D rendered, sort of creepy Master huh. System. Whoa! You ever seen this one? No. What we need is a Sega Master Games console. Plug me okay. in a, a UK one, I think. You, you can get loads of Sega games like Outrun, Double Double Dragon, Shinobi, Ghostbusters, and the, and the, and the graphics. Well, and you can buy oh boy. it. Oh boy. I feel like that's sort of almost getting into. Uh, another, another ad. Yeah, that's right. Not the kind of ad we're looking for. Now, um, I feel like. Uh, that does a good job explaining how the 80s sort of morphed into the 90s because you're seeing a kind of an extreme, extreme uh, aesthetic begin to peek through this idea of like, well, you can't, you can't beat us, or like, yeah. or like, I need the best graphics in the world, give me second, you know, <laughs> and yeah, you can kind of see that coming through. But just any any of that early 3D rendered stuff is just um, really, I don't know, it's just yeah. So it was that's like the Sega version of that of that famous creepy nintendo ad yeah, that i thought need, was interesting what you need with really old cgs you need some chill vaporwave music man you don't <laughs> you, you don't want any of like uh this creeptastic uh voiceovers this in your faceness really just uh doesn't have the desired effect with that no, stuff not at all all right we got an ad a modern ad that okay now we're here you go so ah, is this it yeah 
So I don't uh, really understand what's going on with this ad either, but this is John Kassir, voice of the Crypt Keeper. Yes. And we actually met him because he was at Nickel City a couple years ago. Um, I actually... um, and he's alone in like a jail cell. Yeah, I I don't I I, I yeah I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I mean this is I guess this is more experimental uh as well. But yeah, um, we had the privilege of hosting Mr. John Kassir a couple of years ago at Nickel City Con. Our own Jeff Pavlock hosted his panel. He was mm-hmm. a very nice, very funny guy. And um, he, yeah, this is that was, was a very, very young was, him. He was very that. generous with his time at, at at the nickel. Like he would he would do the crypt keeper crypt keeper for anybody who walked up to him. And he did it he for the Nickel it. City Con announcements that he Pete did. would normally do. And he yeah. would do it. And uh, yeah, he 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 was wonderful. Yeah, but that that's who that is uh, there before. Was that before Tales? That where's when was Tales from the Crypt on? Wasn't that in the it was early nineties? Early nineties. Yeah. Okay, so it was just before. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Um, who knows what other kind of random stuff that guy has done, but... Uh, yeah, this just goes to show, like, Nintendo had, like, no idea how to market a lot of this stuff. At least not Nintendo <laughs> of America, anyways. Right. Um, Nintendo of Japan had much better commercials when it came to this They stuff. did, yeah. Th- there were a lot of, of uh, really cool uh, NES commercials for, you know, Famicom commercials. Uh, yeah. They were Japanese. I kind of had to be a little bit selective uh, with yeah. what we watched here, because it, you know, wants something we want to play somewhat well in audio, in case you're not watching it. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I, I really like the, uh, the Super Mario Brothers, I think it's Super Mario Bros. 3 ad featuring oh, a claymation Mario, yeah. like serenading the crowd, doing like this yeah. thing. And, uh, and the original Super Mario Brothers 3 commercial in Japan has really beautiful animation of, yeah. of just Mario chasing after Bowser. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's the game. That's what you should be selling. Yeah. So, um, uh, I don't know what... I, Whose idea was it? Let's let's take a voice actor. We'll put him in like a jail, a dimly lit jail cell, and it's like a it's like a, a weird bizarro Calvin Klein uh, commercial or something. It makes me of think him just running down the enemies list from the pamphlet and just. It makes me think of like a shoebox theater production or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you go to see like off 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 Broadway. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I would love to talk to. The marketing people is like so what like <laughs> what what were you hoping to achieve like what 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 was the what was the goal here because you must have had one there's a lot of there's a lot of that even even more modern I, I stuff too there was a lot of coke in the 80s so you know there's always that but. there's like uh you know the the very earliest playstation 3 advertisements were like the, with like the crying baby doll in the empty room and yeah it was like a, which was like th- you that, should know th- by now they were really i mean i, I know i really they they took some they really took them a little while to figure out how to market the ps3 they got there but they didn't have it right away Oof. anyway we're moving on yeah nintendo there's your beautiful lineup Zelda. all right yeah. and we're moving on to oh an advertisement <gasps> now on 4k oh speaking of keanu you know what I've never seen the John Wick movies. I highly recommend them. They're I, excellent modern action movies. I've heard they're about like it's sort of like in the same class with like the Mission Impossible movies, like cool practical effects. Oh yeah, like solid. meticulously choreographed, yeah, like just super solid action movies. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Okay, well what we could do you get when you cross a tiger oh, with a hedgehog. Oh god. So is Oh, was this No, I didn't oh, have that first, one. Oh, I had Sonic 2. Okay. But I'm sure it's not that different. Yeah. Energize yourself with power Yeah, it looks a lot like that. Look at that. 
And look how cool Sonic is. That's what is happens if you around. take Sonic and you extract the black the blast processing. Dr. Robot. That's all you have is a it's a much cooler as a ghost of his former self. They had the same controls, like up down. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it had the same like up down, left right. Yeah. That's another way. All the Tiger games had completely different like control schemes depending on what game it was. Yes. They didn't all. They didn't just emulate like well, a, a D pad and a button. All right, and uh, we are starting Double Dragon two. Ooh, in yes. Three, good game, two, good one. Game. And this commercial is just weird, just because of the vocal samples. Vocal samples. It's just weird. I don't know. Oh. This one just sticks out to me. It doesn't quite match the animation. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it sounds like. Oh wait, there's more. What is this? Uh, probably these are probably two 15 second spots, is what it is. So this is this other. There we go. Listen to the vocal samples yeah. again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, listen. Oh no, this is different. Is it? Oh. Yeah, it but yeah, it sounded like it was samples. recorded in like a random closet. Yeah, it's but, the same. It's the, it's the same animation that they got going on. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's not. Okay. Uh, All right. So this is what you were talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Ant yes. Man himself, Paul Rudd. Yes, this is this is the one. And that's Tony Jaw doing uh doing the the narration. Yeah. So they call. I don't know. This commercial may have been made in 2019, for all I know, because Paul Rudd still looks like that. Yes. But uh, Tony Jaw. Um, Tony Jaw is the guy from uh, is the the Thai martial yeah. artist. Yeah. Nah, crap. He. Um, oh my gosh. What a dis. What a. Oh jeez. What a, what oh a my disaster. Gosh. Okay. There you go. Um. Anyway. Tony Jaw. Yeah, t- Tony Jaw. Uh, he was on Broadway. He's probably best known to a lot of uh, people our age as Claude Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He was a hellfire, hellfire. Mm. Um, and uh, he was also in Mighty Max, the cartoon show Mighty Max. Oh. Do you remember that? I didn't he, watch the cartoon, but he, the, he, the was, uh, he was the um, the owl guy. The little, the little owl who wore the red robe. Archimedes. Is that his name? No, I don't know. Nah, I don't remember. Owl, I don't know. That's Merlin's owl. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's boy Tony Jaw and Paul Rudd in one commercial. They're yeah. all getting really excited over uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, I remember seeing that commercial back in the day. Although, I don't think it was exactly that one. Yeah. Because ours was definitely from 91. Okay. So, d- this one had other games like Zelda and uh, mm. one of the football games. Yeah, they repurposed. Um, like, there was that one commercial... <laughs> Of all the people chanting Mario, and it zooms yes. out. It's everybody in the. In the in yeah, the, from, that was for like, Mario Three. It, from, it was yeah. for Mario Three, but then they repurposed it when uh, Super Mario All Stars came out. Yes, um, yes. Super Mario One, Two, and Three. There's power in numbers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh my gosh. Now for something much worse. Okay. Yeah. This game. Blows. Back to the future. One of the earliest angry video game nerd episodes. Yeah. Going through, I mean, this is like iconic, like old nerd stuff. Throwing the malts, stuff that never happens in the movie. And uh, his parents are disappearing, which, ladies and gentlemen, we now know thanks to Avengers Endgame, that's not how time travel works. That's right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll just take your word for it. Yeah. Um, man, oh man. Oh, uh, here on. we go. We, we, oh, no, we, no. We need a preamble for that. Oh, wait. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that Back to the Future game is, is not is not good. No. It's, um, I mean, LJN, we all know, is, is garbage, but 
It's I, 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 don't, I don't know what you would call that kind of game design, where you feel the need to kind of create like a different like a little mini game kind of thing, yeah, per scene of a movie, yeah. Uh, Even though the scene, I mean, I guess it's just like fifties malt shop. It's very loosely, it's barely connected to the movie. Some of those levels, yeah. The skateboarding but, things. Uh, it might have been one of the cases music. where you know a, a lot of where you'd have like a Japanese developer making a game based on an American movie they didn't really know too much about. So yeah, like like the Star Wars game that uh, has Darth Vader turn into a scorpion at one point and yeah. and Luke has like black hair and it's just, yeah. it just it stuff just doesn't match. It's Although just, LJN was American. That's which, true. So uh, that makes even less sense then. Yeah. It's, I don't, I mean... And plus that came out, I think, years after... Back to the Future was at 84, so this was 80, like, Yeah, 85, what, yeah. 85, 85 yeah, so right, this yeah. was this was years... Well, you could do that back then, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the window was larger back then. Like, um, it was novel when the Jurassic Park games came out right when the movie did. Mm-hmm. You know, that usually didn't happen. Yeah. You usually had to wait for a little bit. Of, when, did, when did Ghostbusters come out? Was that... 84, was it 84? I think. Okay, yeah. so the video game came out shortly thereafter then. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you had a... I feel like the window was larger back then for that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, Than it is now, where it's just... You know, why... It's it's like... It's, let's see, if there's a four-year difference. What Marvel movies were, like, in 2015? Age of Ultron? Yeah. They'd yeah. be like having or a Ant video Man. game. Yeah. It'd be like having a video game based off of Age of Ultron. Yeah. In this year of our Lord twenty eighteen. It would seem weird. bizarre. Yeah. Very much. But back then you could get away with it. I mean yeah. they had they had a Jaws game, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Jaws that was like uh twelve, thirteen years after the fact. <laughs> so Well I guess I mean that kind of thing has happened like, you know, when uh there were uh for p I don't know, random example, PS two which was, you know, it was probably like 2002, 2003 or something. Yeah. There was a Reservoir Dogs game that came out. Yeah. That's so, odd. So there's, and there's Jaws Unleashed, which is another PS2 yes. game. Yeah. So Where that you kind play of thing, as the shark, I believe. You play as the yeah. shark. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that kind of thing still happened. I don't know. The, the licensed game has gone in and out where it's, it, you know, it, it went from that, be there being like this years of a window to it being like every big release had to have a tie-in game and then it became yeah. like oversaturated and so many of them weren't good and now we've, you know, in a post-Arkham Asylum world where the Dark Knight didn't have a tie-in video game and instead, you know, at, we got a, a completely, like, not tied to a movie property Arkham Asylum game, which was, like, the best w- Batman game by far at the time. Um, it was, uh, you know, licensed games are just treated differently now. They've just yeah. evolved and gone in and, o- in and out over the years. In different sort of like that with the Spider-Man game, too. It doesn't yeah. have anything really to do with the Marvel movies. No, no, not at all. It's, yeah. it's the same. It's, like, the same thing, yeah. Um, after, like some mediocre games that tied into the Andrew Garfield uh, uh, movies. Oh, there were games for those movies? Yeah. Yeah, they were, like, totally, like, you know, okay to bad. Um, I mean, they they were fine, but, um, Hmm. yeah, after that, take a step back, and you just just make something good, and you need to put put a good studio on it. All right, what do you say we go out on a break with with this one? So this is a doozy. Talk about Genesis does. Genesis does 
uh, work with pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> this is... It does. Oh, my gosh. I put this on here just to make Nate cringe. Yeah. I mean, not that it it's doing would make it. everybody Especially cringe, when, like... Smooth Criminal is right, am I right? Oh. <laughs> Watch Leaving Neverland, people. Or don't, if you don't think you can handle that. But it's... Michael Jackson's Moonwalker video game. Uh, it, um... And he's saving children in it. It's hey, guy, you're the. All right, yeah. we're gonna, we're, we'll, we're gonna we'll cut it there. With, we'll come back with that, but uh, you know what? What can really even be said about, <laughs> about it at this point? Like, which, which, by the way, I will say this real quick: the most annoying subset of uh, Twitter people that I've had. Mm-hmm. I don't like to talk about Twitter too much on here because it's kind of a. Twitter is Twitter. It's not a very good place. No, Twitter is Twitter. Yeah. Um, But like the Michael Jackson stands, like (laughs) they're the worst. I have. I thankfully haven't really encountered that. I mean, I still haven't seen uh, Leaving Neverland. Uh, It is a very hard. I'm aware that those people exist. The stands exist. Ooh, but yeah, I mean, but. He was very popular. He was extraordinarily popular. He still is very I mean, popular he, with he a lot of a, people. He was a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, but, the Moonwalker movie and his albums and Thriller were, and, broke records. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah, and he was a big part of Sega with uh, Genesis. And, he was, yeah. And you turn into a robot and save children. And then other things happened. And then other things happened. And with that... (laughs) With with that, we're going to go on break, drink a little bit, and uh, yeah, we'll We'll come... We'll we'll be right back with the lighter side of Sega. That's right. That's right. All right. So we'll see you back in a little bit. Hey everybody, this is the uh, part of the show where normally I would put in a bunch of vintage commercials, you know, to sort of wet your whistle, give you an idea of the time period kind of a thing, and plus just have a little bit of fun. But uh, that is actually the entirety of this episode, so uh, you won't be hearing any of those. Well, at least not during the normal break. Uh, But what I will tell you about is all the other stuff that you should be checking out. That's right, I'm plugging things. Um, one thing I like to plug, of course, is thegeekiverse.com. You should go there for all sorts of uh, reviews, news, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, general geekiness. There's also uh, the YouTube channel, which has been a little bit dormant as of lately, but there should be some stuff coming, so please be on the lookout for that. You can also go to the Geekiverse's SoundCloud page, and uh, if you just go into a podcatcher, you know, you probably are. That's how you found this, but you know you can go there on under it's a thing media on the SoundCloud SoundCloud page or you know Geekiverse under most other things, and you should check out some of the other shows that we got going on, such as uh, uh, Geeks Got Game and uh, Girls Who Geek and uh, a couple others like that. Also, another thing that's coming up uh, in October, so uh, you got fair warning for this. If you are in the Buffalo area, if you come. Uh, to Dave and Adams that's the the local comic book shop on October 26th which is a Saturday I believe Um, yeah it's a Saturday I will be doing a live podcast there so if you'd like to come uh, see me talk about something with a couple of guests hopefully (laughs) we will be able to be talking about spooky stuff you know uh, old monster movies or some such 
any excuse I can, uh, I'll take any excuse to, uh, you know, to wax rhapsodic about uh, old monster flicks. You know, maybe I convince convince them to talk about uh, 50 sci-fi schlock. But anyway, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. You could probably find an event on uh, Facebook. You go to Facebook.com. You know, you, you know, you know Facebook. Go in there and look up uh, like Dave and Adam's Halloween or something. And it should pop up. So yeah, put that on your calendars. If you'd like to help out the Geekiverse monetarily, uh, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. Uh, there you can just, uh, you know, throw us a couple bones here to uh, keep the lights on, keep it moving. Um, you know, it's kind of a small outfit, and every little bit helps to keep things running. Also, I just started up a chip tip jar of my own, so, uh, because I, you know, there's a new baby and uh, in, in, our, in our family, and, uh, you know, the costs build up for that. Um, so yeah, if you want to throw me a couple shekels, uh, for a job well done, <laughs> sure would appreciate that. Uh, mine is on Kofi though, if you go to, uh, ko-fi, so Kofi, like coffee, uh, Kofi.com slash Nathaniel Lockhart 0540, I think. I don't know. I probably should change that. But anyway, yeah. KO-FI.com slash Nathaniel Lockhart 0540. You can buy me a coffee. Um, it would be much uh, appreciated. And, and hey, if you do, I'll uh, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. How's that? That's, uh, that's worth $3, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, that would be much appreciated if you could. Um, anyways, yeah, without any further ado, let's get back to the show. decision of my life I'll never, <laughs> never, I'll never make that mistake again um, anyway all right so let's get back in beeswax all right okay so we're back and uh, we have a, a few more commercials to, to go through here yes. from our curator of this evening Mr. Sasolinski let us finish out the early 90s in ad form yes <laughs> Back and so, guy, you're the first serious gamer I've seen all morning. Check this, this out. Here we go. So this is this is more wholesome Sega right here. Yeah, this is like the classic comparison commercial. And I think this is for one thing. I think this is something that they actually did. This actually was something they did. They had this. Oh, in stores. This display in stores where you could see because just like looking at one, if they just seeing like the. The speed and the, and, and the yeah. effects and everything of uh, pausing that of uh, Sonic versus Mario, um, yeah. If I'm recalling the co- console wars book correctly, they actually yeah. did that in real life. Wow. And another notable thing about this is when Sonic Mania came out, they remade this commercial with Nathan Barnett as the salesman. <laughs> they did do that, which is like yeah. nobody more perfect. Than right. That. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, doing all the ooh, radical colors. <laughs> so, oh my some, gosh, that's yeah, some... that that's a very. I mean, that is. I mean, people do bring up like this. The Genesis does what nin- Nintendo don't, right? But I feel like as you watch it, this is sort of the more iconic commercial of the console wars. Mm-hmm. Here's Nintendo, here's Sega, and Sega is so much better. And 
and and here it is right before you. It's sort of, I mean, it's exactly like the George Plimpton in television commercials yeah. from the from the very early eighties. Yeah, where he's showing you here's Atari's home run, and except he, he was very more stentorian about it. He yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he was he was George Plimpton. He's coming to tell you about how much more lifelike in television graphics are. It was great. They had um, that him and like Alan Alda. I know. Coming to t- yeah, Alan Alda was with Atari. Yeah, it was all. There was a weird spokesperson craze with the early eighties. Yeah, uh, another another persona non grata. Bill Cosby with TI ninety nine computers. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, William Shatner for the Commodore VIC twenty. Really? Yeah. The Vic 20, eh? Yeah, he was for the Commodore VIC twenty. And uh, gee, who, there was um uh, the kid from ET. For oh that was also in television because George Plumpton was in those too and the oh, the he, kid who played Elliot yeah. was in it but they couldn't they always they always joked in each commercial they couldn't say his name well <laughs> we'll get into that I think that yeah. that'll be another episode we'll that, get that, into that'll be that'll be an 80s commercial because there's a lot to get into there but let's yeah. move on for now yeah all right <sighs> Game Gear making fun of uh, console wars Nintendo don't have no color here we have Ethan Suplee. Who you might recognize from Boy Meets World and Mall Rats. And my name is Earl? Yes. Yeah. Banging a dead squirrel <laughs> on his head. And another power. thing here, listen, um, to these games they list off. Okay. Mortal 2? Oh, he definitely strange. said Mortal 2, right? Yeah. What a weird Despite thing the to fact say. that the game is called Mortal Kombat 2. That was I was always a weird I I was I always and, noticed that. And what a disrespect to, to Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins. Because that game oh, is amazing. Yeah. Yes it is. And it is way better than most of the games that they showed. <laughs> yeah. And definitely better than any of the Game Gear Sonic games. Yeah. Those are not they're they're not that good. Yeah. Um if you have to play eight bit Sonic Play it on the Sega Master System because mm. the, the the Master System Sonic games are you have a bigger screen. You can see what you're running into. Yes, you can't yeah. do that on Gen on, on Game Gear. Yeah. The screen's not big enough, mm-hmm. and the sprites are often too big. Mm. Uh, it's mm, yeah. Game Game Gear was it, it was it, I, I don't know. It, it, it had just, color. I'll tell you it that it had color, but like at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? <laughs> That was a recurring uh, thing. There were a lot of other at, commercials at that, cost I, is yeah, what it was. that I don't yeah. think uh, I have here. That was a recurring thing of them uh, just making fun of the Game Boy for being monochrome. Yeah, which is, I mean, Game Boy had terrific games, though. I feel like Nintendo had a much better handle on how to make use of the limited screen space mm-hmm. in their games than Game Gear had. I mean, that's than just... Sega had with their Game Gear games. They, I think with Game Gear, they were just... They sold it on Flash. They're going to give you Flash mm-hmm. at, um, at at the detriment of uh, of actual gameplay. Game yeah. Well, that's marketing for you. Yeah, it's my world. All right, I can't go too far without reaching another. Oh, oh here we side. go. And some mortal and another uh, Mortal Kombat back. Mortal, as it's otherwise known, apparently. Yes, Mortal Two. It's like a secret. It's like it's like a taboo, man. Yeah. Mortal Kombat and '90s X-Men. Yeah. We are in the '90s for sure. There was a Sentinel plowing through the wall. Yeah, Wolverine, let go. Yeah, that's funny, because um, you see them 
it's kids passing it around at school, like trying to hide it from the teachers, you know? Yeah, it's like a note with like dirty words on it. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, that's kind of how Mortal Kombat was at the time, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a bit verboten. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, obviously, I mean, there were like court hearings about it. Yeah, <laughs> no? it, literally. Um, it was, it was, it was. A taboo, legally speaking, yeah. It's a bit silly. Joe to look- Lieberman had a thing or two to say. Oh, he did. He did. Um, it's funny to look back on it now because it's not. Um, it's it's not quite as violent as we made it out to be. Certainly not as violent as Mortal Kombat would become. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. For the, for the time. Yeah. It cer- it certainly was, but. Um, yeah, and and blood in a video game was kind of a novel thing i mean it had happened yeah. before that mm-hmm. uh chiller is a notable example yeah with light right. gun chiller, game. chiller which is far more obscure yeah right it was very obscure it, it hardly made an, uh, a mention and, and most mm-hmm. you know most arcades refused to to hold it anyway because mm-hmm. of the content yeah but mortal Kombat, even besides the controversy it was always it always had an air of mystery there were always weird yes. little secrets you can unlock and characters you could you can encounter and so that was always part of the appeal is the uh, the controversy and kind of the the enigmatic thing of what's going on with Mortal yeah. Kombat. So that kind of that tapped into that, even though um, you know yeah, that's a, a really tiger game. I mean, it, yeah, again, it's a crummy tiger game, but but what a cool way to market it to like really play into that mm-hmm. that sort of like yeah. uh, hush hush. Yeah, that was good. You know, don't talk about don't, don't let your mom or your parents know that you're playing your your teachers know that you're playing Mortal Kombat too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that that's a uh, that's good marketing. It's nefarious, even. Yeah. All right. Now, we have another Game Gear commercial. Tell me what this reminds you of. Okay. Something you and I would be familiar with. What? The Apple 1984 commercial? Yes. Good observation, but something else. Oh, no. Is this not exactly the Mr. Show Mustard Anna's commercial? <laughs> exactly. Oh it is. <laughs> Oh man, what's his name? Uh, John um, Jay Johnston. Jay Johnson should be like coming out there from like from, from a glowing door. Well, it's good thought. Oh, out of here! <laughs> it was like, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, it's it is very inspired by the nineteen eighty four commercial. But that's the first thing I think of. Is it drudgery? Are you a two jar slave? <laughs> From Mr. Show, uh, oh, one so of the best sketch comedy shows of all time. And then they went on to actually. There is a company. I think. Um, Heinz was actually Heinz? did make yes a mustard mayonnaise combo jar. It now exists, which which re- which, I mean, reality is parody now. So oh yeah, right, right. And satire is dead, yeah. so it only <laughs> right. makes sense that mayo stirred slash mustard mayonnaise does exist now. Oh, it, it was great seeing the replies though, because it was all Mister Show, <laughs> all Mister Show gifts. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. May- mayo stirred and mustard mayonnaise, right? Yeah, and then he combined them both to do mustayo stirred mayonnaise. Uh, yeah, the combination. I wonder of both if I can pick that up at my local Fairsleys. <laughs> Fairsleys, <laughs> ain't picking it up at Gibbons. I'll tell you that, no, my no. friend. Right. You only got uh, one location on the back of a truck. <laughs> so that that was just striking to me. How incredible! Like, yeah. Everything it, it far more resembles the mustard mayonnaise commercial than it does the 1984. Even though that is an apt observation. I really feel like Mr. Show was tackling the absurdities of 90s television before yeah. most people caught on yeah yeah uh, i i get that feeling watching it be like i don't know if saturday night live was this savvy yeah at the and, time and they just captured it in a in a nuanced way yeah no, right the show no one else quite that really did. exposed yeah. the absurdity of it yeah that wasn't really apparent to most people at the time yeah 
But, Even though that was a great time for yeah. uh, SNL as well. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, all right, we've seen these. This is a classic commercial. The Sega CD commercial. The AVGN spoofed this when he did the Sega CD did he? Uh, commercial, oh, he did, where he, he was both the guy in the chair and the guy on the TV. <laughs> and the kid gets blown away. Well, yeah. Ground Zero Texas Prize Fighter, the classics. Postage stamp sized video. <laughs> oh man. And uh see more. it's just Wait, let's you see know. Sega scream. There it is. Uh love it. Yeah, and uh, you know, these Sega C D commercials are notable, but it's also in retrospect, so many of these games are just so it, there's actually another one. Oh you have another, another one. Another Sega C D, yeah. There we go. Let's get that. Ground Zero Texas. Hey, yeah. Do you really have to watch the rest of this stupid movie to see how it's gonna end? Here, take control. Those what game is that? Disguise. Yeah, that looks much less stupid. Not your typical video game, huh? You call that shooting? Better pay attention. Those aliens can look like anybody. Your brother, sister, anybody. Hungry. Ground Zero Texas only on And we find Ground Zero with this there are a lot of commercials that Wait, deal we, with like can, can we talk a little bit about Sega CD before we get Oh sure, this yeah, one? yeah. Um man, like what a They really thought that that was going to be the direction of video games in the future. I'm not sure. Did they? I'm not sure. Did they? Do you think they thought I got I got to finish Console Wars and I'll find out what oh, they yeah. what they were thinking. That was a Sega of America initiative. I mean, definitely. See, I mean, definitely. Optical media was the future. Of course, yeah. But it wasn't being used in the ways it, it was. It was still more uh, being used for gimmicks. Yeah, I mean, this interactive movie thing, like, where it was. Yeah, I mean, just directional cues. You know, it was like Dragon Slayer kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. It was bar- barely yeah. a step up. From I don't that. know if they thought. I don't know if they thought it was the future, but I mean, it was certainly something new and different. And you know, you could see, you know, just being able to see watch live action footage in a video game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was novel, even though it was like not. It's true. Really, like proper gameplay. I mean, Ground Zero Texas is like a on rail shooter, but you're using a D pad for it. It's not like you have a light gun. Anyway. Yeah. So it begins the motif of the the kind of mom stigma the mom being oh, around yes. there's a lot of commercials yes. that capture that and this one too yeah, this one does that Here, yeah. yeah start that from the beginning for the 64 there you go all right from the beginning introducing alien versus predator for the 64 bit atari jaguar the jaguar this might be our only jaguar ad play it alone it's the only one worth having an advertisement for for the most part Mom. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen a xenomorph, xenomorph do that. And do yeah, the, the moms yeah. are just always around, no. man. Yeah, yep. Uh, and the mom uh, got killed in this one. <laughs> she she did. did. Yeah. At the end of it, I don't recall the xenomorph playing like psychological games and being like a, yeah, like a. No, I don't know. Like some kid tor- tor- psychologically tormenting somebody um, like that. Did you know anyone who had a jaguar back in the day? No, no. There was a neighbor kid who had one. Really, I remember when I lived in East Rochester. Did you ever play it back in the day? Uh, I watched him play it because I was only staying over for a little bit. Yeah, but, but um, 
it was my babysitter's brother who had it. Okay. And uh, I remember going into their house and just being like, what is this thing? What mm. is this controller? Because it, <laughs> you know, it had all those extra buttons. That was a weird and, controller. And, yeah. uh, but that was the only time I ever saw an Atari Jaguar uh, when it was relevant. I mean, it was never really relevant. But when it was mm-hmm. the mo- when it could have been relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was Alien vs. Predator. That was the game that was being played. Yeah. Um, it's my only memory of the system in that context i played it since like mm-hmm. in the midwest gaming classic i played yeah. a little bit of rayman this last time mm-hmm. uh it's fine, fine yeah game. and there Probably was a romulant yeah there were a lot of ads uh, jaguar ads that i don't know if i included any on this list that had um the whole do the math campaign the fact yeah that it was the first 64-bit system even though and it, was, it was because it had like a 32-bit processor and like two sixty. it was like cobbled together and it was it was difficult to develop for and um real yeah. hodgepodge yeah, but it was just uh, that that was their marketing push. So that that was around some of the advertising. I don't think I yeah. included any of those. But anyway, I will say though, there are some very diehard fans of the Atari Jaguar. In fact, so much so that the Midwest Gaming Classic itself started as Jagfest. It was a Did I know it that? was it was a convention purely for the Atari Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. that is how it started. Uh, but yeah, about that? so you know, I mean, isn't Doom? I've, I've heard it so much. I like the oh yeah, the, the Doom, Doom port on be good. it. Right? Yeah, um, Tempest Two Thousand is a good game. Oh yeah, uh, hobbyists make games for it still. Yeah. So you know, I mean, cool. I mean, it takes yeah. all kinds. Sure does. Sure does. All right, now this is one of my favorite Sonic ads from back in the day. Like one, okay. you'll get Sonic the infomercial. Two, absolutely free. Yeah. Sonic Two handles stubborn stains, embarrassing bald spots, <laughs> no problem. And I think they also remade this when Sonic Mania came out. This is actually quite clever. Yeah, this is just straight up good. Fantastic. And get Sonic 2 free. Act now. Wiener Dog Sweater sold separately. <laughs> that is a perfect parody. You know, you've seen these, right? The Philips CDI commercials with Phil Hartman? No. You, you haven't? But I have a CD player. Yeah, these are... Is he doing all the parts? Yes, he is. CDI works with your television. You'd probably feel pretty dumb. I don't miss the CDI, but I do miss Phil Hartman. Yeah, he does. Movies, music, and more. Movies? Trust me, babe. I know about this CDI stuff. And there's two of these, so that was the first one, and here's number two. buy a CD player, and you're thinking... I mean, he's great in these. Yeah. His eyes are moving, like he looks like he's reading... Intentionally made to look like he's reading a script. Awesome is right. Awesome sound. Awesome pictures. Awesome choices. Were there supposed to be movies on the CDI? Apparently, yeah. Okay, here we go. Obligatory Tom Cruise appearance. Wow. So there you go. Hey, let's... Philips CDI, yeah. So um, those commercials are very notable. Just, j- just, just for that. Even though the CDI is right. not well regarded. No, no, no. I don't. I've never heard a, a good word said about a CDI game. Yeah. Whereas like the Jaguar is like a little loved, but I have heard love said for some of its for some of its titles. Yeah, yeah. I never heard a. I've never heard anything like that for the CDI. Yeah, it's um, known for like those horrible Zelda games and and, and yes, Hotel Mario. That's what it's and, most known for. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it wasn't intended that way uh, at the outset. I think it was like try to be they try to make it like a, a multimedia. Very thing. much so, yeah. Um, Which is uh, 
Yeah, something with it. several kind of failed systems had at the time. 3DO, the 3DO wanted exactly, to be that. Yeah. Um, uh, the Laser Active, I think, wanted to be that. Uh, uh, but um, uh, I, yeah, I didn't know that like movies was a part of it. I, I probably played just VCDs. You, you know VCDs? Uh, video CDs, yeah. yeah, pro- yeah I, I, I bet that's all it played, but still... Um, that's interesting that Just, that's, that's they marketed with with that movies and music. Yeah, and, and um, I don't know. It just, those are just so, such notable ads, just for just a, a Phil Hartman showcase. I know, not Phil Hartman's first video game commercial though. Oh, fair. Oh, I know. Yes, you're talking about. Uh, he did oh, ice okay. hockey for Activision, which I prefer. I mean, I like that commercial yeah. better than these, but these are still He's these are just manic. fascinating. But um, I love that ice hockey commercial with Phil Hartman. Yeah, we do. We do the someday we'll do. We'll do a sequel episode to this with about the late '90s, and we'll do a prequel episode about the '80s. And, That's right, and he will be in that. Oh, Phil yes. Hartman will return as it's little like, Jack Black talking about Pitfall. Yeah, yeah. I was lost in the jungle. <laughs> I was lost in the jungle. <laughs> All right, here we go. And Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby's Dreamland. That interesting. Oh, this is a okay. Record off someone's TV. That was another oh, yeah. commercial. I assume this is a UK ad featuring Rick Mile. Oh, weird. From the Young Ones and Drop Dead Fred. Yes. This is very early Kirby. So, Kirby, you become a big star because of this. The fabulous multi level platform game based on your life, Kirby's Dreamland from the Life. But now there's a brand new game, Kirby's Pitbull Land on Game Boy. So, Kirby, is it true that if you don't like someone, you swallow them, spit them out, and destroy them? This is part of lunch, Mr. Kirby. <laughs> you vast pink globule. The Kirby series, introducing <laughs> inflatable Nintendo. All right, wow. so yeah, Rick Myall, uh, yeah. British uh, comic legend, uh, unfortunately passed away in 2014. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he did. He actually did a lot of uh, ads for. Did I think, you ads I think for he Sega? did Sega. Th- or Nintendo. He did other he Nintendo He did other ads. Nintendo stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, he was in, like, Street Fighter ads, and I, I assume they were only aired in the UK. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is just one of the one of the many ads that uh, Rick Mile did in the 90s and uh, sort of over-the-top British TV personality thing. Yeah. Uh, smug in <laughs> It was British. a way mugging to the camera. Like, yeah, kinda yeah. Like, like, huh? Like. Extremely muggy. <laughs> yeah. Extremely uh, muggy. Kirby, Kirby Spinball Land. Good game, yeah. But that was for uh, Kirby's Dreamland. It was the first Kirby game, right? That was before Kirby's, Kirby's Dreamland was, the, was yeah. the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Adventure was. And uh, what do we have a uh, after this? Oh. Okay. From the third dimension, the Virtual Boy. I remember this, which commercial. portrays the Virtual Boy like as this it's nefarious enemy that forces itself upon you. It's a uh, this Terminator influenced. There's only one yeah. problem. So this does not make the Virtual Boy look very appealing. It feeds on your face. <laughs> Virtual Boy, see it now in 3D. The 3D so, is impressive on Virtual Boy. I mean, it, it works. Really is. It is 3D, yeah. but yeah. So, it, it yeah, it's it's weird. The ad it doesn't it doesn't it it seems kind of nonsensical because it doesn't seem to be selling the product in any kind of an interesting way but or, no it's but, just, it's the it's the console stalking a guy you don't even see gameplay footage right yeah but uh what's interesting is um we have next this game boy commercial that actually made me think that that virtual boy ad was kind of like a follow-up to this one where oh. it was the same kind of thing where the game boy was like this 
enemy that had to be overcome. And the Virtual Boy at the time was supposed to be this Game Boy follow-up. At least it was kind of marketed as such, hmm. which is why it's called the Virtual Boy. But check out this Game Boy commercial, Interesting. which has the same type of thing going on. Even the, this Game Boy Nintendo robot, like a, man. He kind of looks like an ersatz Robocop. Yeah. It's portable. It's in stereo. So it's this post-apocalyptic, yeah. mechanical and enemy. Except here we get... Except here we get actual gameplay footage. Yeah. So, but I think that's what they were trying to capture with the Virtual Boy. Yeah, it, just, it just makes that one make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Super Mario RPG, a game that whenever I rented it, I kept forgetting that it wasn't like a normal Mario game. Oh, and really? being disappointed by it. Because I, I, I just wasn't into RPGs. It just wasn't oh, my thing. Oh, it blew my mind. We have a crazy old man. <laughs> Going nuts! They had no clue how to market RPGs to Americans. <laughs> no clue. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I was young. I kept going to Wegman's home video. I kept I kept thinking that game looked really cool. I kept forgetting it's not like a platforming game. I, it would get, I would rent it and bring it home and be like, Yeah, well, you're, oh, you're not a yeah, big RPG like a, guy. I'm not. I mean, not I, I've guy, yeah. been more and more fascinated in RPGs as the years have gone on. And I've kind of been playing them more now yeah. than I ever did when I was a kid, but that was my experience with Super Mario RPG. Other people, it was like defining their oh, super, yeah. their Super Nintendo library and it's it's an all-time classic but That's the way it was for me and my brother. It yeah. was it was um it was game-changing. Like Yeah. Uh we were enamored with it mm-hmm. and and played it non-stop and uh I was I mostly my my brother played it while I kind of tagged along and sort of like suggested things yeah. to do cuz he was generally a little bit better with like the t- cuz there's like a timing element that you can do uh-huh. and it, he was generally better with it um than I was like in the battles yeah but man it's it's still a, a fun game it's still a really fun adventure to play through yeah really cool unique characters and well that's just a random ad to go along with that and oh. <laughs> next back on go. the uh the failed multimedia system uh-huh. we have uh if you're not a system slinging mud that, that really has no business slinging mud at anybody especially oh. least of all sega nintendo with a with a CD, Panasonic with? 3DO, Presenting baby toys, 3DO. I tell you. The most advanced home gaming system in the universe. In the it's universe. To put away your toys. Was that uh, Kasumi Ninja? What was that fighting game? Man, oh man, like. Yeah. Anything to say about the 3DO? Uh, the most interesting. Most interesting thing about it to me is that they tried to do to video games what JVC had done for um, for videotape, hmm. where uh, JVC, you know, they they're the ones who came up with the VHS standard. Okay. And what they did with that standard is is they didn't keep it to themselves the way that Sony had done with Betamax. Hmm. They licensed the technology out to other manufacturers hmm. to make to make vhs uh, uh vcrs and that's what the goal was with the 3do so that's why you have different companies like there's a gold star 3do there's a yeah. panasonic 3do right um 
just so that anybody you know could could make it. Yeah. Uh, I think there, I think there's a Magnavox 3DO. Can't. can't I be didn't even know that. that. That's really can't interesting. be certain of that. Huh. Um, that's that's I think the like the rare one. Or, there's there is there's one rare one, um, but uh, but it didn't quite take. I still think that would be kind of cool to have like a. Like, could you imagine like uh, an Xbox made by Zenith or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that is a really bizarre concept that I didn't actually know that that was the case. So, yeah, yeah, th- that is the most interesting thing about it. There's really, um, I, did Gex debut on there? I think I think it did. Fox Video. Sure thing, Dad. It's Bart versus the Space Mutants for your NES. Bart versus the Batmans. Not much to this. It's just very early Simpsons. Yearly Smith just not Yearly, just um, making all kinds um, of or uh, not Yearly Smith. Oh, what's her name? Uh, not not Yardley Smith. It is Nancy Cartwright. Nancy Cartwright just yeah. making all kinds of weird guttural Bart noises. Yes, yes, yes. It's some cool like early like very very early simpsons yeah yeah um when when clearly bart was like the star of the show Mm -hmm. before they kind of moved on to homer more yeah um yeah it's i mean it's pretty cool to see those old simpsons commercials and it also shows you know just the show's age yeah and there's a there's a lot of those as they as they built up because they made so many of those for Nintendo and Game Boy and Super Nintendo and barfers the juggernauts barfers the world aliens uh the virtual yeah. Bart, um, ju- yeah. So and the games aren't very good. No, they're, um, no, they're not. N- none of them, are, none of them are good, uh, except for the arcade game. Yeah, yeah, the arcade game, and then they didn't really hit an, into another great Simpsons game, probably until Simpsons Hit and Run for PS2 yeah. and GameCube. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's the one, the other one that people bring up for good Simpsons games. That was a, yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, uh, but uh, okay for our our last tiger game of the day not even oh, my dear sweet metal gear is immune <laughs> snake's revenge like the fake non hideo kojima involved sequel yeah that had nothing to do commercials interesting but yeah how weird that they would do a commercial for this yeah this is one of the more ambitious tiger ones i've seen but like Game talk. And just, for our oh game talk, Ooh, it talks and for our last commercial, here's one you probably didn't think ever had a commercial. Did you know that Action Fifty Two and Cheetah Man had a commercial? They did, with some really weird celebrity impersonation voices. I said, yeah, chap, shouldn't you go on a diet? Are you talking to me? Hmm, maybe these guys. The Sylvester Stallone guy yeah. here. You know hey, man. And this like embarrassing Cheech Marin kind of thing. Jeez. Guys, we have work to do. We come from the Action 52 game world where every game is. Yeah, we're talking action and lots of it. We got space, dragon, adventure, even war games. Now, boy, do you have space shooters? Rescue games and man, they're smooth like ice. Hey, no, what about you guys? No, that's true. Oh, yeah, we're in there too. The Cheetah Man. Yes, but that's another story. If you want the ultimate game challenge, you have to get Action 52. Or yeah, dope. it's so cool. <laughs> this kid really tries hard to sell this. Man, it's awesome. Get yours now. Now playing at a store near you. Oh, boy. And that's uh, that's the capper, because I think most people wouldn't think that Action 52 or Cheetah Man actually had a commercial. Yeah, I, I mean, they're pretty hard. I mean, the Action 52 cartridge. Which is the original ones are pretty hard to find as it is, correct? Like, 
Um, yeah, I believe so. I believe they go they go for high prices and uh, and the, especially Cheetah Men Two is like one of the rarest characters. Very that, rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Wow. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. N- none of those games were any very were very good. You know. Like, I mean, they were. They weren't it, really. It was, even it was fifty-two games. very bad. Uh, like programmed over the course of a weekend games. Like for a lot of those games, those are things that you do sort of as uh, you know, like your first exercise in learning to make video games. Yeah, yeah. And it seems very, like they, they took one of those kinds of, of people them, and just said, "Here, now you have to. We're paying you to do all of these." And many of them are mechanically broken and like don't work. Some of them don't even start. Yeah, and, uh, cheat the feature game Cheetah Man is not really any good than any of the other ones. I believe but they, one of them is one where like you have to like find and hunt down like saddam hussein yeah saddam hussein yeah, yeah. and then they, they and they reuse sprites in other action 52 games so the, the the saddam hussein sprite appears elsewhere as well so it's huh. very weird and again you know to bring up the nerd again that's that's how a lot of people know about action 50 that's how right. i knew about action 52 uh, yeah i'd be lying if i said it, it wasn't and the cheetah men and uh i mean he covered it very well in that episode it's a great episode what, what was the commercial before that one that was the the snakes revenge snakes tiger revenge. handheld yeah uh i didn't realize the metal gear games were that big of a deal on the nes i guess i mean uh Th- that it warranted even a commercial is for the uh, tiger release yeah strange to me yeah 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 um, or th- that it even warranted a tiger game i mean i guess they had a deal with with konami uh-huh. so it makes sense to a degree that they would you know work to make variations or, or versions of these games in, in Tiger handheld form. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, snakes are, because I mean, to me growing up, I mean, most people, most of my friends who played Nintendo, like we didn't know about metal gear or snakes revenge until metal gear solid came out. I'm like, Oh yeah. Did you know yeah. there's this old game on the Nintendo that, you know, that's also called metal gear. And mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was a footnote after the fact. Yeah, because you know, because the Metal Gear Solid makes reference to what happened in the in in the previous uh, two games, even though in one of the games was never actually released in the states until years later. Um, the right. re, the real Metal Gear Two, Snake's Revenge, uh, Hideo Kojima had nothing to do with it. So well, even the even the first Metal Gear game for the NES or Famicom, like that's not it's not really the Kojima. Uh, right, Metal it's not, Gear. The, the MSX version. Yeah, the are, MSX are really is, is the real deal. And the North American version of uh, Metal Gear for the NES was had a lot of weird changes. Uh, I feel asleep. I, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and just the I mean the final boss and all all, all, all kinds of things that uh, he had no say in. So yeah, yeah that was a uh, wow. There you go. And then uh, yeah, Capper with Action Fifty Two. So there you is, have um, just a slice of kind of various aspects of the video game marketing in the early 90s there's yeah. console wars there's there's edginess there's there's yes. keanu reeves impersonations galore yes. and a lot of bill and ted looking stuff <laughs> um a lot of guitar shredding yeah um it's great to see a jaguar commercial in there i was very happy to see that mm-hmm. um and the cdi is just they man phillips really wanted that to happen um and it did not no. <laughs> um, no no but yeah i mean i i love to to go back into these old commercials it's a really fun way to to reminisce and it's also a very good way like when you're stressed out by a lot of things it's sort of, it, it's 
it's very comforting to sort of disappear as crass as that sounds to disappear into things that are were made to try to sell me something Mm -hmm. um it's very comforting to go back to uh these little 30 second videos and you know, just kind of remember being a kid. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, uh, it's just a very, if you want to kind of have something of a, uh, of a time portal and just kind of live in this other era, the commercials are uh, a really good way to do it. And for me, uh, video game commercial commercials are something that I just like to sometimes just have on for comfort or ambience. And, you know, if I'm working on things, I uh, sometimes I'll listen to music. Sometimes I'll have just old video games running. I I, I I've watched so many of them through, and it's just something. Uh, it's just something something I really like. It's yeah. uh, well fun. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to when we get to do do this sort of thing again with late '90s or early '80s video game. Yeah, there's a lot more to dive into. Yeah, yeah. Th- this Other is just kind of distinct eras of gaming advertising. This is just sort of scratching the surface. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this return to the podcast. If indeed this is the return one, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I hope to be continuing to produce these more regular, more on the regular. Now that uh, we kind of know how... The machine, the memory machine has been plugged back in. That's right. And the, switched on. The tape has been threaded. The disk drives have been turned on. A cricket invaded it for a, a short while. A cricket invaded it for a short <laughs> while. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I can start producing these on a regular basis. Again, at, the, the, at least every, once every other week. So, All right, folks. Well, thanks very much for listening. Uh, my you. name has been... Uh, Nate Lockhart. Mm-hmm. My name has been Seth Zielinski. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nate underscore Lockhart. That's L O C K H A R T. Or on Instagram at Nathaniel with an I E L dot Lockhart. You can follow me on Twitter at Cap Americanski or on Instagram at Seth Zielinski. Yeah, and that'll do it for us, and we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much for listening. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.